Translation, O my Lord, Sri Krishna, son of Vasudeva, all-pervading personality of Godhead, I offer my respectful obeisances unto you. I meditate upon Lord Sri Krishna, because he is the absolute truth and the primeval cause of all causes, of the creation, sustenance, and destruction of the manifested universes. He is directly and indirectly conscious of all manifestations, and is independent because there is no other cause beyond him. It is he only who first imparted the Vedic knowledge unto the heart of Brahmaji, the original living being. By him, even the great sages and demigods are placed into illusion. As one is bewildered by the illusory representations 
of water seen in fire, or land seen on water, only because of him do the material universes temporarily manifested by the reactions of the three modes of nature appear factual, although they are unreal. I therefore meditate upon him, Lord Sri Krishna, who is eternally existent in the transcendental abode, which is forever free from the illusory representations of the material world. I meditate upon him, for he is the absolute truth. Continue with the purple. The chief engineer of a complicated construction does not personally take part in the construction, but he knows every nook and corner because everything is done under his direction. He knows everything about the construction, both directly and indirectly. Similarly, the personality of Godhead, who is the supreme engineer of this cosmic creation, knows every nook and corner, although affairs are being carried out by the by demigods. Beginning from Brahma down to the insignificant ant, no one is independent in the material creation. The hand of the Lord is seen everywhere. All material elements as well as all spiritual sparks emanate from him only. And whatever is created in this material world is but the interaction of two energies, the material and the spiritual, which emanate from the absolute truth, the personality of Godhead, Sri Krishna. A chemist can manufacture water in the chemical laboratory by mixing hydrogen and oxygen. But in reality, the living entity works in the laboratory under the direction of the Supreme Lord. And the materials which with which he works are also supplied by the Lord. The Lord knows everything directly and indirectly, and he is cognizant of all minute details. And he is fully independent. He is compared to a mine of gold and the cosmic creations in so many different forms are compared to objects made from the gold, such as gold rings, necklaces, and so on. The gold ring and the gold necklace are qualitatively one with the gold in the mine, but quantitatively the gold in the mine is different. Therefore, the absolute truth is simultaneously one and different. Nothing is absolutely equal with the absolute truth, but at the same time, nothing is independent of the absolute truth. Conditioned souls, beginning from Brahma, who, who engineers the entire universe, down to the insignificant end, are all creating, but none of them are independent of the Supreme Lord. The materialist wrongly thinks that there is no creator other than his own self. This is called maya, or illusion. Because of his poor found of knowledge, the materialist cannot see beyond the purview of his imperfect senses, and thus he thinks that matter automatically takes its own shape without the aid of a superior intelligence. This is refuted in this shloka by Shilabhyasadeva, since the complete wall of the absolute truth is the source of everything, nothing can be independent 
of the body of the absolute truth. Whatever happens to the body quickly becomes known to the embodied. Similarly, the creation is the body of the absolute truth. Therefore, the absolute truth knows everything directly and indirectly that happens in the creation. Omagyana timirandasya gyananjana salakaya chakshiru militamiyatasmashigudavinamaha I was born in darkest of ignorance, and my spiritual master, Shila Prabhupada, opened my eyes with the torch light of knowledge. Therefore, I offer my humble Shila Prabhupada. So Krishna and his feature as Paramatma, he is not only in the heart of every living entity, he is also in every Adam. So he knows every nook and corner of his creation, of the whole universe. He knows everything that happens in the universe and everything that will happen in the future, and everything that happened in the past. Uh, he knows everyone, but not everyone knows him. Only his pure devotees know him, because out of his kindness and mercy, he revealed himself to them. Uh, there is no other way. Uh, once, um, a devotee... Uh, went to serve Prabhupada in his room, and uh, he tried not to make any noise. Prabhupada was chanting softly his japa. So he put the, whatever items he brought into the room and was offering his obeisance to leave. And then Prabhupada called him and asked him, Sudama, because he saw Prabhupada was crying. So Prabhupada asked him, Sudama, do you know why I'm crying? No, Prabhupada, I don't know. And Prabhupada said, because by the mercy of my Guru, now I'm seeing Krishna. So the devotee started crying too. And Prabhupada asked him, and why are you crying? He said, I don't know, Prabhupada, I don't deserve such a wonderful spiritual master as you. And I'm such a fallen soul, and so you are such an elevated, pure devotee of the Lord, and Prabhupada said, that's all right, that's all Krishna's arrangement that you came to me and following the, the teaching of Krishna consciousness. So, Krishna has his plan. Uh, and Krishna's plan was, Prabhupada will be instrumental to bring Krishna consciousness to the whole world. And that happened because Prabhupada's purity and surrendered to the will of Krishna. So, Krishna decided to, to, to use him as his instrument. So, in regard to the material creation, the, the atheists, they, they don't accept the existence of God, but that's because their lack of knowledge, you know, poor found of knowledge, uh, it is our practical experience that nothing happened accidentally. Nothing is uh, created itself. Everybody has parents, so we have we have our bodies made of matter, and those combinations, like in the scientists in the laboratory, can mix different chemicals to produce something. But he's not independent either. I mean, he, he need the ingredients are already there in, in 
in, in nature. He has to take them from nature. So he's not independent. And he cannot claim that I have created life because life is already there. They can try to manipulate life, but they can't create it. That's, that's true. And we see that in the universe there is some order. The sun rises from the east always. You say, why, why, why it doesn't rise one day from the north? But that's not going to happen. There is an order how things are. And there is, there is a design, there is order, that means must be a, a, an order giver and a designer. It's a common sense, you know. Because of the theory of the Big Bang, Prabhupada said about that, he said, the scientists weren't there when that happened, so they don't know what really happened. <laughs> they can just speculate. Maybe, perhaps, could have been like this, that matter, you know, exploded. But it's all mental speculation. You can't know. They were not there. Uh-huh. <laughs> but Krishna was there, and he's telling us how it happened. <laughs> so who we accept as authority? The, the ignorant scientists? Of course, there are scientists too who believes in, believe in God, like Einstein believed in God, and uh, Newton also believed in God. Uh, not uh, the modern, some of the modern scientists like Hawkins. He said, we don't need God to explain the universe, because we have the laws of nature to explain. And if there are Okay, he accepts there are laws of nature. And the question, natural question will be, and who's the lawmaker? I mean, you can't have laws without lawmaker. Laws don't make, don't make themselves. <laughs> Somebody has to make them. So it's a common sense thing, and such a simple thing they can't understand. Because their intelligence is dropped by the illusion of the material energy, you know, bewilders them. Mm-hmm. So, let's read a little more. In the Shruti Mantra, it is also stated that the Absolute All, or Brahman, is the ultimate source of everything. Everything emanates from Him, and everything is maintained by Him. And at the end, everything enters into Him. That is the law of nature. In the Smriti Mantra, the same is confirmed. It is said that it is the law of nature. In the Smriti Mantra, the same is confirmed. It is said that the source from which everything emanates at the beginning of Brahma's millennium and the reservoir of, to which everything ultimately enters is the absolute truth or Brahman. Material scientists take it for granted that the ultimate source of the planetary system is the sun, but they are unable to explain the source of the sun. Herein, the ultimate source is explained. According to the Vedic literatures, Brahma, who may be compared to the sun, is not the ultimate creator. It is stated in this loka that Brahma was taught Vedic knowledge by the personality of Godhead. 
One may argue that Brahma being the original living being could not be inspired because there was no other being living at that time. Here it is stated that the Supreme Lord inspired the secondary creator Brahma in order that Brahma could carry out his creative functions. So the supreme intelligence behind all creations is the absolute Godhead, Sri Krishna. In Bhagavad Gita, Lord Sri Krishna states that he is, it is he only who superintends the creative energy, Prakriti, which constitutes the totality of matter. Therefore, Sri Vyasadeva does not worship Brahma, but the Supreme Lord, who guides Brahma in his creative activities. In this shloka, the particular words Abhigya and Swarat are significant. These two words distinguish the Supreme Lord from all other living entities. No other living entity is either Abhigya or Swarat. That is, no one is either fully cognizant or fully independent. Even Brahma has to meditate upon the Supreme Lord in order to create. Then, what to speak of great scientists like Einstein? The brains of such scientists are certainly not the products of any human being. Scientists cannot manufacture such a brain. And what to speak of foolish atheists who defy the authority of the Lord? Even Mayavadi impersonalists who flatter themselves that they can become one with the Lord are neither Abhigya or Swarat. Such impersonalists undergo severe austerities to acquire knowledge to become one with the Lord, but ultimately they become dependent on some rich disciple who supplies them with money to build monasteries and temples. Atheists like Ravana or Hiranyakashipu had to undergo severe penances before they could flout the authority of the Lord, but ultimately they were rendered helpless and could not save themselves when the Lord appeared before them as cruel death. This is also the case with the modern atheists who also dared to flout the authority of the Lord. Such atheists will be dealt with similarly, for history re- repeats itself. Whenever men neglect the authority of the Lord, nature and her laws are there to penalize them. This is confirmed in Bhagavad Gita, the well-known verse, Yadai, Yadai, Dharmasya, Glani. Whenever there is a decline of Dharma and a rise of Adharma, O Arjuna, then I incarnate myself. Bhagavad Gita 4.7. So, uh, very interesting here that although Brahma is the secondary creator, I mean, but Vyasadeva doesn't worship him, but rather worship Krishna because Krishna created Brahma. So Brahma is the secondary creator, not the primary. The primary is Krishna. And Krishna, nobody created him, is his original supreme personality is the origin of everything, but nobody originated him. So sometimes we hear people that uh, life and desert planet was brought by the extraterrestrials. Have you heard that? And we agree with that. It is true. If you read the bottom, it says that life came, demigods, 
in heavenly planets, they created life also for this planet, to populate this planet. That is true. But then, who created the extraterrestrial? The, I mean, people who have this theory, they never ask themselves that question. Okay, extraterrestrial brought life to this planet, and who created the extraterrestrial? That question they don't ask themselves. <laughs> but that question should be asked. Too. Huh? Then you come to the understanding of this higher being that, than the extraterrestrial. They also created, they also are part of the creation of this universe. So they are not independent either. So, in the same way, although Brahma, he has the creating potency given by the Lord, the Lord gives him the intelligence to which conduct his service. Uh, and Brahma is the designer. He designs the forms of the 8,400,000 uh, living entities, the material forms. He's the designer, not only of the bodies, but also of the planet shape and star. He also designed all that. So, at the beginning of the movement, uh, some artists were asked by Prabhupada to paint Krishna, and they were fine with that. But one of them had to paint Brahma, and they get confused, because Brahma has four heads. And there is no experience of anybody with four heads. Even when I entered the movement, I remember some devotees were bewildered about Brahma's four heads. And they asked me, what is my opinion about it? And I told them, if God can give an insect hundred legs to walk, why he can't give somebody forehead to think? Huh? I mean, he needs a lot of intelligence to create all this material manifestation, so it's natural that he may need more, more than one head to do that. Why? Why, why he can't have forehead? If that is needed, he will be awarded that. It's a common sense thing. Anything is possible for the Lord. That's why sometimes people think, oh, this is Hindu mythology. Because the far out stories are very fantastical, you know. Uh, chariots flying in the skies and the huge gigantic demons and oh, this is mythology. It's not mythology, it's history. But it's beyond our experience, so either we accept the authority of the Vedas and accept that this factual all the histories which are there and they are not just stories they are history they actually happen mm -hmm. anyway and Prabhupada has criticized the personalist who also deny the, the personality of God and they want to merge to become God themselves huh? and for that they undergo severe austerity and penance but still they are dependent on some rich disciple to make a temple or to get the food or something. So they are not completely independent. They have to depend on somebody. There was a story when such a personalist, he was doing a, a vow of silence, mauna. No, no, he doesn't speak. For years he wasn't speaking. But he had a small board. He would write in it, Bring me three chapatis, rice and dal, and some pakoras. He has to write, you know, and show them, bring me all this. <laughs> he's not talking, but he's talking. 
because he need to eat, he has to say something. <laughs> so it's all artificial, you know. It's all these austerities and not talking. And Prabhupada said, real silence means not to speak nonsense. <laughs> uh, but rather to speak about things essential. And the most essential thing, of course, is to speak about God and, and the soul. That's the most essential subject to discuss, you know, in human life. So here in the page of the Bhagavatam, there's a lot of discussion about the Lord and His energies and His creation and, and how He create, maintain and destroy everything in the course of time. So it's a wonderful information. You will, you will not find it in any other literature such detailed information about God, His form, His abode, uh, uh, how He created the material universe. Everything is so nicely and minutely described that leave no doubt about the authenticity of the Vedic scriptures. Yeah. Okay, let's keep reading. That the Supreme Lord is all-perfect is confirmed in all Shruti Mantras. It is said in the Shruti Mantras that the all-perfect Lord threw a glance over matter and thus created all living beings. The living beings are parts and parcels of the Lord, and He impregnates the vast material creation with, this, with, with seeds of spiritual sparks, and thus the creative energies are set into motion to enact so many wonderful creations. An atheist may argue that God is no more expert than a watchmaker, that of course God is greater because he can create machines in duplicate male and female forms. The male and female forms different of different types of machineries go on producing innumerable similar machines without God's further attention. If a man could manufacture such a set of machines that could produce other machines without his attention, then he could approach the intelligence of God. But that is not possible, for each machine has to be handled individually. Therefore, no one can create as well as God. Another name for God is Asamordua, which means that no one is equal or, or two or greater than him. Param Satyam, or the Supreme True, is he who has no equal or superior. This is confirmed in the Shruti's mantras. It is said that before the creation of the material universe, there existed the Lord only, who is master of everyone. That Lord instructed Brahma in Vedic knowledge, that Lord has to be obeyed in all respects. Anyone who wants to get rid of the material entanglement must surrender unto Him. This is also confirmed in Bhagavad Gita. Unless one surrenders unto the lotus feet of the Supreme Lord, it is certain that he will be bewildered. When an intelligent man surrenders unto the lotus feet of Krishna and knows completely that Krishna is the cause of all causes, as confirmed in Bhagavad Gita, then only can such an intelligent man becomes a Mahatma or great soul. But such a great soul is rarely seen. Only the Mahatmas can understand the Supreme Lord 
is the primeval cause of all creations. He is Parama, or ultimate true, because all other truths are relative to him. He is omniscient. For him there is no illusion. So, all these wonderful transcendental qualities of the Lord makes him the supreme, highest true. In the material world, the, the true is relative. Sometimes true may change. Mm-hmm. Uh, scientists may say, okay, uh, some years ago we didn't know so well, so we said this, but now we discovered this other thing and our knowledge has improved. <laughs> but that means they are in ignorance. Uh, and the truth is already there, they just didn't know about it. You know that once the scientists made an experiment, they made a machine that can eject atoms. So they were using this machine to study the atoms, and they were ejecting the atoms, and there they were a target, you know, to see what what shape will make the atoms or whatever. And to their great to their great amazement and surprise, when they were when they were watching the experiment, the result will be one. When they were, when, but when they were not watching the experiment, they were looking somewhere else, the result would be completely different. And it's the same experiment. So they are completely bewildered how this is possible, you know. It's the same experiment and have different results. Huh? That means they are not under the control of everything. And that means also Krishna has a sense of humor. He's, 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 uh, he's laughing at them. You think you control everything. <laughs> that means when, we, when the living entity intervenes, the reality changes. Uh, the same thing may happen in the universe itself, you know. And it could be mirages. You may be looking at the sky with a telescope and you may see a mirage and you think it is real. How can you know? If, if this is an earth planet in a very hot day, you may be riding your car and you may see water on the, on the road, but there is no water, just a, a mirage. So if you only believe your eyes, you will be bewildered. Confused, you have to use your intelligence. Your intelligence tells you, no, there is no water there, although you are seeing it. In the same way, if you receive spiritual intelligence uh, by reading the the holy scriptures, the Vedic knowledge, then we get to know the reality from illusion, what is true and what is false. This false notion. That there is no God in control, that everything happened accidentally, and that makes people more more materialistic and 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 more immersed in sense gratification because they think that this is the only life there is, and there is nothing after death. So why 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 should we care to do any bad things to get what we want? Even if I have to kill somebody to steal money or or do whatever. 
cheat or lie, what well, doesn't matter. After all, there is nothing after that. You're not going to get punished because of this. This is the invention of religion to scare people. But these foolish people don't understand that there are laws of nature and if one breaks them, has to pay reaction for that. Not only in this life, but also in the next life. So certainly there is transcendental spiritual knowledge that is received through the disciplic succession and we are receiving it through the via medium of the Guru Parampara, the disciplic succession. And Sri Prabhupada brought to us all this amazing information about the Supreme Personality of God and Sri Krishna. So we, are, we have to take full advantage of this knowledge and make our life perfect. Let me finish the purple. It's only a few, one page only. Some Mayabadi scholars argue that Srimabhatam was not compiled by Sri Vyasadeva. And some of them suggest that this book is a modern creation written by someone named Bhopadeva. In order to refute such meaningless arguments, Sri Sridhar Swami points out that there is reference to the Bhagavatam in many of the oldest Puranas. This first shloka of the Bhagavatam begins with the Gayatri Mantra. There is reference to this in the Matsya Purana, which is the oldest Purana. In that Purana, it is said, with reference to the Gayatri Mantra and the Bhagavatam, that there are many narrations of spiritual instruction beginning with the Gayatri Mantra. And there is the history of Britrasura. Anyone who makes a gift of this great work uh, in a full moon day attains to the highest perfection of life by returning to Godhead. There is reference to the Bhagavatam and other Puranas also, where it is clearly stated that this work was finished in 12 cantos, which include 18,000 shlokas. In the Padma Purana also there is reference to the Bhagavatam in a conversation between Gautama and Maharaj Ambarisha. The king was advised therein to read regularly Srimad Bhagavatam if he desired liberation from material bondage. Under the circumstances, there is no doubt about the authority of the Bhagavatam. Within the past 500 years, many erudite scholars and acharyas like Jiva Goswami, <clears throat> Sanatan Goswami, Vishwanath Chakravarti, Balavacharya, and many other distinguished scholars, even after the time of Lord Chaitanya, made elaborate commentaries on the Bhagavatam, and the serious student will do well to attempt to go through them to better relish the transcendental messages. Srila Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur specifically deals with the original and pure sex psychology, Adi Rasa, devoid of all mundane inebriety. The all material creation is moving under the principle of sex life. In modern civilization, sex life is the focal point of all attract activities. Wherever one turns his face, this, he sees sex life predominant. Therefore, sex life is not unreal. Its reality is experienced in the spiritual world. 
The material sex life is but a perverted reflection of the original fact. The original fact is in the absolute truth, and thus the absolute truth cannot be impersonal. It is not possible to be impersonal and contain pure sex life. Consequently, the impersonalist philosophers have given indirect impetus to the abominable, abominable mundane sex life because they have overstressed the impersonality of the, absolute, of the ultimate truth. Consequently, man without information of the factual spiritual form of sex has accepted perverted material sex life as the all in all. There is a distinction between sex life and the diseased material condition and spiritual sex life. The Srimad Bhattam will gradually elevate the unbiased reader to the highest perfectional stage of transcendence. It will enable him to transcend the three modes of material activities, fruitive action, speculative philosophy, and worship of functional deities as inculcated in the Vedic verses. Thus end the first, the purport of the first mantra of the first canto, first chapter of the Srimad Bhagavatam. Srila Prabhupada Ki Any comments, questions? <laughs> we made it. We read the whole purport. <laughs> so it's very interesting that Prabhupada is planning that. Um, the sex life in this material world is a perversion, I mean, a reflected perversion of the original in the spiritual world. Unless there is sex life and the absolute truth cannot be in the material world. But there is pure, it's transcendental, it's, it's love of God, it's not, it's not mundane, it's eternal and, and uh, it's natural for the supreme truth to have this Attraction, which reflects in the material world as passion and lust, you know, which entangle the living entity in the repeated birth and death. But if you can uh, channel this energy toward serving the Lord, then we can understand the higher principle of the Adi Rasa, or the original Rasa with the Lord. So many mundane Scholars, they misunderstand the relationship between Krishna and the gopis to think like it's a mundane sexual attraction. But that's, that's because they have poor fund of knowledge. The reality is that Krishna is the supreme eternal enjoyer and he doesn't enjoy anything material, nothing different from him. The gopis don't have material bodies. Their bodies is as spiritual as Krishna's body. So in that sense, Krishna doesn't uh, sport with any mundane woman created in this material world. Huh? So, I hope that explanation uh, can help. All right. So, no comment, no question. We can end up here. Thank you very much. Hare Krishna. Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. Grantara Srimad Bhagavatam Ki Jai.